Welcome to Youth Voices for Healthy Choices, a new podcast from the World Obesity Federation where we shift the dialogue around childhood obesity and shine a light on some of the amazing youth activism that's happening all around the world. I'm your host, Faith Newsom. Obesity is an extremely complicated, multifaceted disease, and it's prevalent in children and teens worldwide. Many of the solutions to address obesity do exist, and in the time of coronavirus, they're even more urgent than ever. In this podcast, we're going to be talking to the young people who are determined to take this into their own hands. Here on Youth Voices for Healthy Choices, we believe in people-first language. This is one way that we can destigmatize the disease of obesity. For instance, instead of referring to someone as an obese person, we would talk about a person who has obesity, or a person with obesity, or even a person affected by obesity. As you can see in the example, we are no longer labeling an individual with their disease. Although the usage of people-first language is common in certain countries and cultures, it may not be used by everyone. In this first episode, we're going to start in the UK, and we'll be talking about the power of advertising. To kick things off this episode, we wanted to share some clips with you. They're from a project called Food Diaries that came out of UCL, where they gave video cameras to kids to try and find out why they eat what they eat. Here's some of what they said. When I start watching TV, these ads come, and then about McDonald's and stuff. It, it just inspires me to eat more McDonald's. I always say McDonald's, 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 and we always get it. <laughs> I remember seeing one of the adverts on the TV, and it made me really hungry. It nearly made me triple. It just makes me feel like I want to eat it. Well, that pretty much speaks for itself. As a child, I grew up with obesity too, but I grew up before technology and before advertisements were on my phone, on my computer, and every single second that I was scrolling through social media. But it was still prevalent. I saw my favorite cartoon characters on the front of cereal boxes, or I saw billboards on the way to school. Advertisement has been prevalent for a while. Next, we're going to be talking to Katie Cooper, who researches, writes, and advocates about the prevention of chronic diseases like obesity. Katie has worked with the World Health Organization to look at the dangers posed by digital marketing for children, and recently she's been looking at the new challenges of regulating advertising to kids arising during COVID-19. Here she is. So my first question is just, can you describe the current problem with advertising and its impact on weight in children specifically? Okay. Marketing to children, to all of us, is everywhere. Uh, It's incredibly hard to get away from it. Uh, And traditionally, that's been where you can see it, where we can all see it. It's on TV. You're sitting around watching together. Uh, It's on the radio. Um, It's in print media. It's on billboards. Um, Everyone can see it and we know where it is. The real issue around digital marketing and the way things are changing very rapidly at the moment is because we can't really see it. Parents don't know what children see. The only way to tell is to look over a child's shoulder. It's, It's on laptops. Of course, it's on phones. Kids carry these around in their pockets. You can't get away from it. It's out of home. It's in the home. It is everywhere. If we can take marketing away from children and stop that pester power, stop that brand addiction from an earlier age, then it will have a big impact. Well, this might be a silly question, but why don't we see more advertising for healthier food? Why is it every time we turn on the TV or get on the internet, it's 
McDonald's and fast food restaurants and things like that? It's a very good question. And a lot of these companies make healthy foods. I think we need to ask them. There's a bit of a vicious circle going on here as well that the brands sort of try to, they have adverts for what they think we want to buy. Um, but we need to set up a kind of a virtuous circle whereby people are pushing for healthier products and the brands therefore push healthier products, which makes us push for healthier products more. So let's focus on that. And how do you feel about advertisements related to food being regulated? Like Saturday morning television was always mm-hmm. used to be very regulated. So should we be regulating what these kids are seeing? And if so, how? Yes, we should be regulating. And how is, as you rightly note, how is the problem? Many countries have got regulations now on advertising on TV. Digital is a whole different ball game because kids can access them at any time. Um, the ads come from all over the place. It's cross-country. It's not like traditional terrestrial telly um, where it's much, much clearer to see, to see what they're looking at. And there are a number of different ways of doing it. It's really, there's the two different aspects to digital marketing here. There's the, the kind of formal advertisements that kids see. So maybe if they're on YouTube, they'll see an ad for something that comes through. And then there's the informal stuff, which is the influences on social media and sharing, which is, which is even harder to get at. But to, to look at the first one, the problem at the moment is that the whole system of advertising and what you see when you log onto a website, what pops up, is incredibly complicated. Now, that decision to come to me, that would have been made because there's so much information about me online. They know where I am. They know what my interests are. It's all out there. What we need to happen is for the advert to be tagged at the start. This ad is for an unhealthy project that a child shouldn't see. So a soft drink. Uh, And at the other end, we need good age verification of the child. And if you put those two things together, the unhealthy ad, age under 18, it does not go through. It just doesn't ever reach you. There are separate issues around whether children should be being targeted with advertising at all. The attention economy is a huge issue. Children certainly have the right to be online. And I think one thing that's very interesting about this is if you can take a child rights approach, um, it's enormously important. They have the right to participate. Um, There are all sorts of rights around this, right to association, free speech. Um, But with children, you also have these sort of protection rights. And that's where issues around health, protection from harm, protection of privacy, that's where these come in. And you need to balance them. And at the moment, that balance is out of whack. So you're mentioning all of these ways that we can implement change. But I guess my Mm -hmm. follow-up question to that are, what are the avenues of change who is responsible and Mm -hmm. who is responsible for holding those people responsible? um, What are those avenues? The regulation needs to be uh, very responsive. Um, So if an ad is found to have breached some guidelines, the campaign's probably finished before the company gets a a rap on the knuckles and, you know, if you're lucky, a fine, but you know, it's too late. The first thing we need to do is find out what's going on. Building that evidence is crucial, and that's going to happen when we really put pressure on our policymakers. Government would have the power to bring in stronger age verification, and it could put in place this better tagging, for example, of, of ad campaigns. 
the real challenge, of course, is this is cross-border. So even if we did this in the UK, how much would, in effect, be sort of leaking through from other jurisdictions? Uh, and that, again, is very hard to unpick. That is not a reason for inaction. I think too often the perfect becomes the enemy of the good. I think one opportunity that we've got at the moment uh, is actually around COVID-19 and what's been happening because we've all been very aware of spending more time online and it feels like there is an opportunity here to say when our children are studying online or when they can't go out, um, the least we can do is try and protect them from things that will harm them in other ways, like unhealthy advertising. Um, so I don't like in many ways talking about COVID-19 as an opportunity for anything because it's awful and none of us would have asked for this. But having said that, potentially, this is, this is one of those moments where we can advocate for more action in a space that desperately needs it. As Katie mentioned, we're all spending a little more time on technology during the past few months. Whether it's looking up tutorials on how to bake bread or keeping up with the latest TikTok trends, all of us have been spending more time on our phones, computers, and tablets. That being said, with the increased screen time, we're all spending a little bit more time seeing advertisements that we can't control. I know whether I'm scrolling on my Instagram feed or my Facebook or my Twitter, I'm seeing advertisements for all kinds of different things, including a lot of fast food. So it's important that we hold the people accountable who regulate these things. Digital marketing is something that can seem out of our control, but it's very much within our control to advocate for restrictions and for regulations around digital advertising. Next, I'd like to introduce the wonderful, enthusiastic, passionate Tasha from Bite Back, which she calls a healthy eating organization run by young people for young people. They're all about pushing back against the many ways we're manipulated and rebuilding the truth in the food system. Here's Tasha. Yeah, so about Bite Back. So we're a very new organization founded by uh, Chef Jamie Oliver. And the point of Bite Back is really to put the health of young people at the forefront of the food industry and build a powerful alliance with businesses, companies, parents, schools, governments, all these different stakeholders that can help to make this redesign a reality. Um, and at the heart of Bite Back 2030 is the Youth Board, which are a group of young people who are passionate about the health of young people. And we believe that all young people should have the opportunity to thrive and be healthy no matter where they live. Obesity is such a big problem. It's so multifaceted. And the reason why personally I joined um, Bite Back was because I noticed that the narrative towards obesity, it was always the individual's fault. And if it's with children, it's parents' fault. And it's not actually until you look at the food environment that you live in that you notice it's very... It encourages such a lifestyle, you know what I mean? Companies spend millions and millions and millions of pounds, millions of dollars on adverts because they know it works. And especially when they're targeted to young people, they know that we are very impressionable and it's very easy for them to manipulate our choices. The way that the food industry has been able to utilise this power is that they will create adverts targeted for young people. And if it's for children, they will use, you know, their favourite cartoon characters because they know that once they see their favourite cartoon character endorsing this particular product, 
they've ultimately got that sell. And so when we have these companies constantly bombarding us with these, you know, fast food, junk food adverts, ultimately our choices are now impacted. So when we go outside with our friends and families, that choice of what do we have when we get to this restaurant, what do we have when we see this menu is ultimately taken away from us. As our first campaign that we launched, it was a social experiment video where we got this group of young people and we told them, you've won a competition, we're going to meet you at this particular place. And on their way, we had set up very strategically different posters, billboards, endorsing these triple chicken um, fried chips. Triple dip chicken, you can't resist. So that when they got to this restaurant... Here's your menu. Give you a couple of minutes, all right? And they were after, what would you like? What do you think? Triple dip chicken. Triple dip. Triple dip. Triple dip chicken, please. They all chose the triple dip chicken, and that... To them, when that got revealed to them, they actually know when you walked past this particular road, there was a billboard. I've seen that. Which had triple chicken poster on it. Da, 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 all these different adverts. Yesterday, I saw this on my feed. I was thinking, he's a doctor, but he's eating greasy food. And so when they see it, they're absolutely completely shocked. Oh my First, God. First, it's shock, like, oh my gosh, it works. That's just crazy. Those other things that I wanted on this menu. That's so weird. How did you do that? I don't remember that. And then it's, wait, this is manipulation, you know? This is them taking away the power that I should have as a consumer to decide what is it that I want to eat. There's nothing you can really do about it because you don't even realise it's happening. In my experience living as a person with obesity, I was under this false assumption that everybody else could eat whatever they wanted. <laughs> do you think there's any room for advertising healthier foods? There's definitely room for companies to start advertising healthy foods. That's it. And we have to get to a place where companies are obliged to promote their healthier options. So here in London, a couple of years ago, the mayor of London decided to ban junk food advertising on all public transport. At first, companies were outraged. How can that happen? A lot of criticism was around, you know, the monetary loss that will come with banning junk food advertising. We thought all oh, these businesses are going to pull out, et cetera, et cetera. And what we found was the complete opposite. Money still came in. The only thing that changed is that companies were just choosing their healthier options that were on their menus. They were choosing that to promote it over something else that was unhealthy. So there's definitely room for companies to promote their healthier options on their menus. And like I said, that comes through policy change. So we do need government to take a stand against these businesses. We launched a campaign called for the 9pm watershed. And that was essentially asking the government to put a ban on junk food advertising on TV and online before 9pm. Because like we said, it recognises how in how impressionable young people are. And so if we're constantly seeing these unhealthy options, we're more likely to choose them. We are simply asking for a reverse, right? We just want to be bombarded with healthy options. And for me, it sounds so simple. And it is, you know, we're not asking for the world and more. We're simply asking for healthy options to be given the spotlight that they deserve in society so that every person, especially young people, especially children, are given that opportunity to be healthy. Yeah, it's interesting that you frame it that way too, because the idea is that in a healthy diet, there's balance. So if there's an imbalance in the messaging that we're being shown, it would make sense that there's an imbalance in what we're consuming. Um, in terms of 
youth being aware and fighting back, what do you think is the avenue of change? I think young people or anybody really, as long as you have a voice, you need to be able to use it and utilise it to be able to speak up about your opinions, what you believe in, etc., to your government. So for us, that means we're writing to our local MPs. It means we're calling them out on social media so that they have no choice but to answer to us. You know, they cannot ignore us. And ultimately, it's the same thing as well for businesses. If I decide to call out ex-business and I say, you know, I don't like the way that you're doing this. I don't like the way that you're targeting young people. As long as I have a group of people who agree with me, and that's what we're trying to build, this movement of young people who join together, stand up together and say, ex-restaurant, ex-company, ex-business, what you're doing here is wrong and this needs to change. And I think as long as we, you know, we stand behind the, the saying there is power in numbers, as long as we have this movement of young people who are absolutely unshakable, there's definitely change. Yeah, I think that's a really good takeaway message. Do you have one call to action of an actionable item that youths can take to kind of shift to this industry in a better direction? Just keep talking about it. And it sounds so simple and I wish it was more, you know, do this, do that, do that. Honestly, keep talking about it, whether that's talking about it to your friends, to your family, to your peers or it's talking about it on social media. Keep talking about it. Because again, a lot of people don't know that this is happening. A lot of people don't really understand how the food industry work. And so we're just, you know, compliant to, to its manipulation. So keep talking about it. And if you're somebody that's really ready to take proper action, write to your congressman, write to your MP. There are loads of healthy eating organisations that are fighting for the same thing as Backback. Join us. Join us in sharing our campaigns. Join us in signing petitions. Join us in calling out, you know, these different businesses, different companies that are just not doing what they they should be doing. So I think definitely keep talking about it. Use your platform to raise awareness about the food industry and the health disparities that we have um, in the world. Yeah. Thank you, Tasha and Katie, for joining us on the show. It was so exciting and refreshing to talk to you. Tasha, thank you especially as a youth advocate for the work and the passion that you bring to this topic. In this episode, we learned more about advertising, manipulation, and the great lengths that companies are willing to go to to get your attention and to get your dollars. There's a popular narrative that obesity is very simple. Calories in versus calories out. Eat less, move more. The science doesn't say that. The research doesn't say that. And after this conversation, I hope that it is very clear that even simple things like where we choose to go to lunch or what we choose to order at a restaurant can be heavily influenced by things that are on a deep psychological level that we're just simply not aware of. As Tasha said, one of the most important things we can do is just to talk about it, whether it's with friends, with family, or if you wanna take the next step and reach out to your representatives and officials, The best thing you can do is to be aware and to talk about it. And to all of you listening out there, don't worry. We're going to include a bunch of links and ways you can take action in the show notes. You can find more information about Biteback on their Instagram and Twitter or by signing up for their mailing list. You can also check out their website at biteback2030.com. That's B-I-T-E-B-A-C-K. 20 dot com, And like Tasha said, share, share, share. You can't underestimate the importance of just spreading the word.
please visit our website at worldobesity.org forward slash healthy dash voices. In the next episode, we'll be going to Barbados, India, and Austria to learn about some of the important ways schools can impact childhood obesity. If the only thing available at the canteen is sugar-sweetened beverages and you know fast food, deep fat fried foods, how do you expect them to make a healthy choice? If you liked what you heard today, please go ahead and hit subscribe so you get all of our future episodes. And if you care about some of the topics we discussed today, it would really help us to get the word out if you rate our show. Since we're a new show, the more ratings we get, the more people will see that we exist. We really appreciate your support. This show is made in association with the World Obesity Federation with support from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. It was produced by Marina Poole with direction by Rachel Thompson. It was hosted by me, Faith Newsom, along with reporters Louisa Mirza and Claudia Batts. Our music is from Blue Dot Sessions. See you next time.